This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that just doesn't know what to say anymore. <laughs> Wash, rinse, repeat. Every week we forget the awfulness of the previous match in the hope and expectation that everything, something, anything will change. And then, every week, Chelsea play, Chelsea can't score. Chelsea concede a stupid goal, Potter wanders around cluelessly, Bowley digs his heels in. Wash, rinse, repeat. How long can it go on like this, All in all likelihood until the end of the season, and then what? The way we're playing at the moment, we might be in the Championship next season, and the stats bear it out. Our form in the last five matches puts us 19th, and since the draw against United in October, 16th. Thank God for the 10 points from six games under Thomas Tuchel before he was misguidedly sacked and replaced with a PE teacher. Come the end of the season, those points, a third of the season's points total so far, I should tell you, could be the difference in Chelsea avoiding relegation or not. Right now, it's impossible to see where a goal is coming from, let alone a win. And what's worse is we all feel resigned to it seemingly denuded of any power by the owners who think they know better. A club who can get relegated by a playoff 35 years ago could, improbable as it seems, get relegated a year after winning the FIFA Club World Cup and two years after winning the Champions League. How Chelsea would that be? This is English football. Anything can happen. Expect the unexpected. It's what makes it the best league and the best game in the world. Something has to change before Chelsea resigns itself to relegation. In normal circumstances, it would be the coach that takes the fall. Chelsea getting relegated or Potter getting the sack. 
It's a tough call, but I'm going for Potter's P45. (laughs) (sighs) And the title of this show, which I have to say was inspired by the legend that is Jonathan Kidd, An Air of Resignation. Chelsea Fancast number 969. Good evening, JK. An absolutely stupendous fan bite. And as I said, I took. I agree with you. It's just like, isn't it? There was a, a lovely moment where a bloke behind me went, Potter, out! Potter, out! And nobody paid any attention to him at all. Just we all mizzled off. It was just so awful. Because you just thought, oh, well, you know, it's not going to happen. And, you know, if it does, what they're going to do and but I think the main thing is 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 it's just not going to happen. Um, so they're going to persist with him. So we just have to accept. Well, we what, what do we do? We can't. We, we I suppose we'd object by not attending, and yet we are lambs to the slaughter because we have to attend because for, for lots of us have got season tickets, but also they're our they're our team, and we support them through thick and thin. And at the moment, this is unbelievably thin. Oh wow, wow! I was I was. Um, I was wondering whether we could get Ozzy Ardiles to manage us, in which case we'd score seven goals and probably let in ten. But at least we'd be scoring. There'd be something. I find it absolutely bizarre that he he doesn't practice any means of actually getting the ball in the net. Because that, as he said himself, he did a terrible statement, didn't he, in the press conference about how um, uh, if you score, that means that you don't lose. And you just, I thought... What what on earth are you saying, J.K.? You're in danger of premature ejaculating. I am in so in danger, but Chid, you know. I'm anyway. But yes, let me introduce who's on. Uh, wit, charm, knowledge, um, always makes very amusing statements on WhatsApp, which is a shame because other people can't see them, but very funny and uh, and very on the ball indeed. It's Martin Wickham. You can't see them because a lot of them are libelous, so they probably can't be circulated beyond <laughs> well, the group. They're very <laughs> funny, though, Martin. They're very funny. I have to say, I have to say, uh, we have our, I mean, the people out there listening know this, but we have our own Chelsea Fancast WhatsApp group. And on days like Sunday, when, when I'm watching from the safety of the padded cell, um, I flit between the game, the WhatsApp group, the Twitter and the Discord group. And I'm more active on any of those, depending on how shit the football is. And yesterday, it kind of escalated upwards. But but, but we, I love our WhatsApp group because they, I, I know this sounds like a shitty thing to say, but everything that we say on there stays very much between us. It's, it's very much like Fight Club, so we can pretty much get away with saying anything. And Martin is without doubt one of the one of the highlights of our WhatsApp group because he's he, he, I don't know where he gets them from. He gets these takes and insights and stuff, and I, it blows my. I'm forever having to ask Martin, "What are you talking about there? You've lost me." So bless him for that, Martin. Yeah. Always lovely to see you on the show. How the devil yeah. are you? Likewise, thanks for having me on. Uh, hello to everyone listening. We'll try and cheer you up with the oral form of Prozac <laughs> no at some point. <laughs> but um, I, I must pull you up on your opening speech, which should have had a piano playing in the background. I must stand up for PE teachers. <laughs> um, Jose Mourinho was a PE teacher. Oh no! PE really? teachers are enthusiastic. Oh, they God. believe in something. They encourage you. I think. Mr. Potter is unfortunately has all the authority, charisma of a um, substitute geography teacher who's been drafted in to cover the last 
lesson on a Friday. He's a probably, supply probably, teacher, isn't he? He's a supply teacher. Yeah. Right? He probably he gets like spitballs thrown at him yeah. and some twat at the back of the class is aiming a pea shooter at his head. But he's but he's really nice. If you remember, I mean, I'm, it's a long time since I was at school, Martin, as you well know, but. I remember, I remember supply teachers, and and you would absolutely cock about and act yeah. out, and they would always be really nice. They, 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 they would never be hard asses. They would be they, nice they were, they, because because people knew they weren't going to be seeing them for the yeah, next next week, so they weren't they weren't there, and that's the air that is coming off of him at the moment. I so. I'm standing up for PE teachers, okay, even well, though I hated playing. They're making me play fucking prop forward at rugby. Well, there we go. I skate rugby at school, thankfully. But on this point, actually, we should say, because, of course, the news broke. I mean, it's so annoying. Um, uh, we knew about it because we had Adam on the show. And Adam is a bit... He, he's Before we go to where, he quite often tells us what the embargoed story is. But, of course, we're sworn to secrecy because we're not allowed to say anything until it's uh, the embargo's lifted, which is at 10 o'clock, well, well after we've finished. Um, but we heard about uh, the uh, the death threats or in these emails to Potter and his kids and his family um, beforehand, and and we haven't had a chance to, to to say anything about it. And you know, for the record, I think it's absolutely abominable. I mean, as Martin will tell you, I think there's conjecture as to to, to where they emanate from, but it doesn't really matter where they emanate from. The fact of the matter is, it just shouldn't happen, people. It's just disgusting. And I think, Martin, again, you will probably reiterate this too, the thing that really fucks me off is that, you know, I would imagine in the scheme of things, we're talking about 0.00001% of Chelsea supporters. I would actually venture forth that none of them are really Chelsea supporters. But we all get tarred with the same brush. And I've noticed the media narrative. Martin Tyler said it on Sunday. Goldstein said it tonight. They all pick it up and it's now all Chelsea supporters are the same. They're, they're all sending death threats and emails to Potter. So, Martin, I know you feel strongly about it and wanted to say something. So, Yeah, well, firstly, I think doesn't just reiterate, if, and if they were sent, they were abhorrent. They were disgraceful. They should not be used as a way to suppress legitimate criticism and concern about the way the club has been run, both on the Bowley and Clear Lake side and Graham Potter's management of the team. That can be done in on places like this, on in articles, wherever, and that's legit. That's legitimate debate, and there's not there's nothing wrong with that. What they can't say is, oh, they can't. If they start lumping everyone in together, then that's suppressing the debate. That's basically acting like a dictatorship and if that's what they're going to they're trying to do and they're going to let the media fill in the blanks on it by you know flattening it out then that's a major problem and i would hope that the supporters trust other associations kick back on it i noticed the supporters trust statement said criticism of the team is legitimate and that is the key thing that should be reiterated these idiots sending these emails wherever they've come from whatever part of the world they're from whoever they are I were, you know, I'm not going to go too much into my working background, but I work in I corporate IT. I know that communications like that can be traced. I know that communications like that, the people who sent them can be discovered. I also know, and this is a, a something the club should address and address it quickly if they haven't done so already. Those communications can be blocked and suppressed. Grand Potter has said he doesn't do social media. I have no reason to disbelieve him. But if someone is taking a, an, a fairly educated guess of what his email address is and sending abuse on the off chance, that should be screened. He should not be receiving that. There are, you know, if they are paying people 
the money they are to you know work on the administration side first port of call if it hasn't been done already for fuck's sake get him get the other managers get the other directors uh, secretary a personal assistant whatever someone to screen these emails because i know you can set up basic software and you can use it and configure it any emails containing these words block them stop them for review have a look at them get rid i've seen it done in law firms where a company blocked emails with the c word in it and anything that came through that was flagged on that got reviewed were they the ones i was sending no i'm afraid not but um it, it would be if you know there are contentious litigation and someone has transcripts of things that were said and allegedly said and if they were legitimate, you let them through. If it was, you know, Scunthorpe County Council, you let it through. If it was someone sending, <laughs> if it was someone sending, yeah, if if it's abuse, you bin it off and you block the sender. So it's not difficult to do. And if Grandpa has been exposed to this through carelessness or just assuming no one would do that, then that's a fail on the part of the club. But and critically. It should not be used to suppress legitimate debate about the f- no, future no. and direction of this club. And I don't think it will, to be honest. Uh, Mr Kidd, have you anything to say on the matter in hand? No, I, I think it's been done very eloquently. All I can, it can relate to is that um, even when I was working on Pipkins, which was over 30 years ago, um, anything addressed to me went through a, um, a third party and they would then send it on to me. So I didn't mind that if it was it was it was part and parcel did, of. Did you get hate mail as pick as uh, Pitkin? Um, I no, uh, it was, it, not Pitkin. Pipkin. Oh, Pipkin. Sorry, there was a, there was a wine bar I used to get very drunk in when I was a kid called Pitkins. Pitkin. I know. I know. I We've had this chat about a million times. Yeah, and Pitkin was I think wasn't he one of the pirates at um, on Mutiny on the Bounty? Pitcairn. That was Pitcairn Island, wasn't it? Yeah, no, the way they landed. No, um, but no, it, well, no, it was um. Funny enough, it was it was they they censored the the romantic males as well. <laughs> so you, you you could have had some potential some, some potential, potential love interest that they denied you. And in fact, I got one finally. One came <laughs> through, and it said, "Where were you?" I said, "I'd be at the oh, station." No, it said yeah, yeah. As a consequence, and I'm now going to if I meet you, punch you. Which I so I therefore thought probably just as well that I didn't have anything to do with this person. But um, yeah, yeah no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm making light of a dreadful situation. Yeah, yeah, but as, as, as long as it doesn't escalate into uh, us us not being allowed to say anything about the manager, because that well, would be it won't, complete. it won't, because you can't do that. No, no, you cannot do that. But even attempts to do well, that. Well, I, I, I mean, sorry, go on. It's, it's a wonderful opportunity for the press to wade in and just try and tar us with the same oh, brush. Yeah. yeah awfulness in the same way that since the uh since the racist incident on the the metro we're all racist as well so yeah, it's yeah. that it's it we're an easy target unfortunately yeah of course we are uh, it's a good narrative that they can spin um yeah. you can't i mean you know i think the rules are martin will you know he works for a legal firm you know as long as we neither slander or or, or, or libel or defame then you can you can say what you like it's a it's a free country it's free speech within legal parameters and that's quite right which is why i always try to be very careful about what we say in a league in a defamatory slanderous or libelous way i hope i've always stayed on the right side of the line anyway we should get on with the show really um what are we talking about tonight? I've got no idea. I haven't actually bothered to turn up a bit like the players. You know, I just thought I'd phone it in tonight. You know, don't think I bother with the running order. Let's just talk the cup, shit. The, 
the cup win by the women's team against Arsenal two 0 Yeah, about that? I didn't see that. Uh, no, sorry, I'm, sorry, Dean. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dean. Yeah, yeah. I'm, what? Do you think, do you think they've uh, they've down tools some of them? Do I don't know. So? We'll get into that. Let me let me tell you what's on. I have. I'm lying. Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry, not. Sorry. I'm not really phoning it. JK, you know I'm not phoning it in because you have read my running order and my notes. I'm looking at them now. Oh, I well, love there them. you go. Let, better late than never. No, no, I had seen them before. I'm just saying they're up here yeah, as well. Well, there we go. He's such a professional, isn't he? Eh? Oh, who, who am I to doubt the genius that is Jonathan Kidd? You've got your <laughs> Steve Martin's your biggest fan at the moment. He actually, oh. Yes, oh. I know. Anyway, right, um, we're going to talk about this era of resignation because I think JK did it brilliantly in his fan bite, but I think it's really true. Um, same old, same old, can't score, uh, concede, and it's game over. Why are we so terrible in adversity? We'll mention Capo and Enzo, who are culpable. Silver going off didn't help. Uh, and the the wash, rinse, repeat cycle. Nothing's changing, is it? Why? Uh, and no goals, no fight, no clue, no point. What is the point at the moment? It really does feel like that. Um, it's like the definition of insanity, isn't it? You know, We go to every game every week expecting a different result, and it's the same every week. Anyway, part two. Carry on with Spurs-Chelsea review. Uh, this is a good one. Um, I'm looking forward to this. Why not play James and Chilwell at wing-back? Now we have five centre-backs available and we know that they're the two of the best wing-backs in the world. Interesting. I hadn't thought of that before until somebody mentioned it on Twitter or something. Uh, the Me, reci- me in the w- fan bite. It was you in the fan bite. There we go. I was trying not to give you all the credit, but I, I, it goes back round to... I should just stick with you. you no, really. Anyway, uh, the rescinding of Ziyech. Uh, the red card, not Ziyech, sadly. Uh, Mount gets it and a yellow card. Uh, what does Potter actually do? I think he potters. I think the clue's in the name. Uh, why should we accept the process if the process is the wrong process? That will be fun to debate that. And... Uh, it's relegation form, folks, isn't it? Yes, we're gonna we're gonna prove that it is. So there we go. What a packed show! Right, we can go home now. We've done the highlights. It's it's a bit like match of the day. You don't have to bother with the full ninety minutes. You can go home happy now. Uh, sadly, that's not true. We are going to waffle on for ninety minutes or so, irregardless, as Tony Soprano would say. Now, uh, don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday live. Every Monday and Friday at half past seven by going to Mixler, which is chelsea-fancast.mixler.com, where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. There you go. Many of you do. It's brilliant. I love it. I love you all for being on there. And I'm very sorry that uh, for some reason I didn't check my settings and uh, you heard nothing for about the first 10 minutes. I do apologise. Now, you can follow us on all the socials at Chelsea Fancast. Uh, listen to and subscribe uh, or in fact uh, you can listen and subscribe on all Codpast uh, platforms apparently according to the fanbite uh, but uh, <laughs> if you go to Acast or Apple or Spotify you'll definitely find us there or all good Codpast platforms that's actually harder to say deliberately than it was by mistake which takes real genius uh, wherever you find us give us a walloping wonderful sexy huggable five-star review and you might get one back anyway we'll be back after this very short break Well, 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 where on earth do we start? Well, I tell you what, let's start with the, the ye old team selection. Um, 
you know, I mean, actually, I mean, here's the thing. I don't think any of us can complain about the team that was selected, really. Uh, I mean, you could argue the toss about Havertz starting and Cheek starting but and, and Koulibaly. But it's not a million miles away from the, the team that started against Borussia. This is my point, JK. It's the team that pretty much started against Borussia Dortmund, who actually played pretty well. You know, so in other words, he 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 gave a rest to the to six key players last week and got beaten by Southampton to bring them back for a crunch match against Spurs. And lo and behold, the result was the same, which we'll we'll get into. But I mean, I'm kind of resigned to the team selection. Really, I, I have a suspicion you're not. Well, I, I I find the selection of cheek. I know that the cheek lovers out there will will be annoyed with me, but um, I just don't know what he contributes other than being a tall bloke um because he, he he's just guilty of everything that you know we i always go we always have we want him to do well we always have this expectation if he's in the side you think what can he what what will he contribute will he be a bit better than last time will he get into the penalty area and shoot if he's in the penalty area and he always lays off gets caught in possession I'm I'm not seeing anything different happening with him. And I suppose this is what we're yearning for at the moment is we want something different to be happening, not the same thing. So if you get if if he's one of the contributors to the same thing, I would like something to change and not have him in it. I don't know why he's picking Zayek, who um uh apart from the 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 what will stay with him forever, the fact that he was sent off and then had it rescinded uh, on the pitch was um uh, i don't think i've ever seen that happen before was uh um was his usual enigmatic self um and I, I i almost feel since he wanted to go he shouldn't really pick him anymore i mean let's just make a decision now that they've got this other excuse that they're now trying to make which is that he now has too many players to choose from so it's difficult for him to choose a side and even at training and you go hang on before it was you didn't have enough players because they were all injured Anyway, this is an excuse that's coming out. I think he, he he mentioned that. I mean, for goodness sake, let's just stop the excuses, please. Let's just try and have them performing on the pitch. But um, so you've got two players that I wouldn't have had in the selection. We didn't I can understand the Badia Shield situation because he didn't play very well when, when Silver wasn't with him, if you remember, in the Southampton game. And yet, um when uh uh he when with Silver, he he appears to be very a very good player indeed. And still we had Koulibaly and, and Silva, which was a decent effort. But of course, poor old Silva got done. He got kicked deliberately. And um, uh, and then we were into the Fofana Koulibaly. And Fofana, bless his cotton socks, I don't think has played enough. I think he's an example of somebody who hasn't played enough. Um, but who else? Uh, um, we, we're so now used to the Havertz situation of him not scoring that I wonder why... He didn't select Fofana. They've got Fofana there as an alternative. Or on what happened in the last 10 minutes, which is Mudrick came on and was very good. Whoops, you know, hey, what did we do? What, what happened there? And, and paired with Aubameyang. But he stuck him on in the 83rd minute. So what the fuck was that? I mean, that was just crass. That's crass management. Bring him on 70 Given 20 minutes, would have been 1-0, not 2-0. But particularly since we're trying to score. So uh, what else? What other selection wouldn't I have made? I mean, he made another six changes, Titch. This is the thing, isn't it? What's he made? 69, 67. 73 now. 73 now, 73. So he obviously doesn't know what the team's going to be. Um, uh, Kovacic, who we had in our selection initially, disappeared. Gallagher, I don't think he's getting a chance. I think that's it. 
I really think that's it now. Gallica doesn't figure. Fernandez, to my horror, is now a shadow of the player that we bought. What's going on? He was awful. Um, so you know, I, I, I from a from a selection point of view, yes, Chilwell and and we've got two two of the top players back in. Silver's top player. Um, Koulibaly, yes or no? I don't know. Should it be Badia Shield? Chelsea are like the bubonic plague, aren't they? I mean, you know, you, you turn up here a world-class player and within three weeks you stink the place <laughs> out. <laughs> but Felix as well. Felix started off well, 20 minutes, but um, I think they, they deliberately played a, a, found a way of playing, not letting him express himself. But they should find a way. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's called himself. kicking him, mate. Yes, I think they did. I think they did. But yeah, but the, once again, the referee was completely abysmal. So, you know, there are other things, other other factors, but they've got to deal with this. But from a selection point of view, um, and then we look at Kepa and you think, oh, what's happening with Kepa? Um, uh, what was that business with Kepa that only just slowed the game down and refused to kick the ball after 30 minutes? That's almost what you do as a resignation, as resignation, talk about as a, a relegation side. Relegation sides do that at the bridge. Pickford does it every time Everton play because they're trying to, they're thinking, well, we're nil-nil, let's just control the game. No, it's shit. It's shit. And, uh, and then the two goals, but, but, oh, but we've gone on too far. But uh, from your, your selection point of view, so uh, I would disagree with, with well, we, once again, it's what we don't know what's happening on the training training ground. Because we in, when we selected the, the team at the beginning, we said uh, on Friday, we thought Kovacic might play. Because a top Kovacic should play. Kovacic is a top player. Really interesting to see what he does with Fernandes. But it, it, it he's not there. So... How the you know. fuck did Ziyech start and had a, a mount, oh. mount, Martin? Oh. Don't ask me that one. <laughs> That's was, why I did. <laughs> you dirty bastard. Thank you. Uh, uh, it's, uh. It is disgraceful and laughable that we're in a situation where a bloke who was 30 seconds away from joining PSG and through no fault of his own, that didn't happen, is picked in the next game. And then he starts in a game away against Spurs. He does nothing off the ball. That's not his strength. So let's put him in against Spurs at their place in what is going to be a physical battle. It beggars belief. Yeah. And nice. quite frankly, he was, you know, he he shouldn't have started in my view. I would personally have him, you know, in the fucking car park. Just he doesn't want to be there. His head, you know, his head's in Paris. I don't blame him. It, someone cocked up and the move didn't happen. That's beyond his control he may be telling him yes boss I'll play but his heart isn't in it because he knows he'll um, be away in the summer and you know the end result is what you see JK's already gone through it I don't want to repeat too many things but sorry you've got a no (laughs) you've comprehensively comprehensively covered it it is an absolute muddle and you've got players there who either don't know what they're doing don't care about what they're doing or are waiting for the change to happen that we have all talked about. Those players, from Raheem Sterling in the summer through to Enzo Fernandez a few weeks ago, were not signing for a team managed by Graham Potter. They're not there for that. They're there, obviously there for the money, they're there for the prestige, but they are not there for the coach. They are waiting for a, you know, quotation marks, elite manager. That's what they're waiting for. They... Sterling thought he was joining on with Thomas Tuchel and then the rug got pulled from underneath him. You can argue that, yeah, he should have knuckled down and got on with it. But, you know, I'm you're far more qualified to talk about this than me, Chidge, but well, there's going to be a change I, in, I, I in can, your attitude when that thing, mate, something I, like that I, happens. I can talk to you about it 
from personal experience, actually. I, I, the biggest kind of... Before I get on to all of this stuff, um, <clears throat> many, many moons ago when I used to work uh, in film and TV, in not in the production side, actually, because I started out working in the post-production side, I got a, a a big break. In other words, I kind of went went from the you know division the, the the league one or stroke stroke championship up to the you know top not to the top of the Premier League but to a top four, top six kind of club, one of the best post production, you know, companies in Soho, and I went to go and work for um, the guy that ran it because he had one of the best reputations in the industry and he was highly highly thought of and I and I was really fucking excited. It was my big break. You know, I was, I don't know, late 20s or something at the time. And he he left within three months of me arriving. And he was replaced by not a Potter, more of an Avram Grant. No, not an Avram Grant, more of a Felipe Scolari. You know, he was bonkers and completely the antithesis of the company that I went to work for. However, he he made me a director of the company which was kind of cool. But it, I, I don't know. It just never worked. I mean, I ended up falling out with him massively and, and I ended up getting fired. But it would not have happened if the guy that I had signed for hadn't have left within three months. So to answer your question more specifically, you're dead right. It does make a huge difference. We're human beings. Potter keeps saying this and he's right about that. Players are humans too. And if I was cheesed off and acted out, I'm not surprised that the players are cheesed off and are acting out, no matter how much money they're getting. So I think that's I an I, I, excellent I don't point. Even, I don't even think they're consciously acting out. No, well, that's, just, that acting out is not conscious. They, they're just they're just disinterested. They're you know tossing it off. They're not you know they're not making the full type of effort. I mean, we saw some of those players in the World Cup. You know what the bloody hell's happened there? And it was just the change of scenery. Now. Enzo's turned up, started very well, and looked overrun. He was, in my view, he was on his own in that middle. With the best one in the world, Loftus Cheek, is not sufficient support for him in that position. And no, he's, no. he's no longer a young gun, is he? I mean, he's 26. And it's just, sadly, it's just not happened for him. I will never quite forgive the people who organised that friendly, which smashed his Achilles. To well, I, I think the other point, Martin, is, is this is more of a systems chat. But, you know, with, with Tottenham playing 3-4-2-1, you know, we play four two three one, but our three. I mean, there's ba- there's a palpable gap that all those three either want to be wingers or they want to be number tens. They don't want to be anywhere near doing any defending. And you've got Cheek and uh, Fernandez who also have a license to go forward, but as you say, they're going to get overrun, and that's exactly what happened. Um, you know that we're one, not playing. We're not playing with a recognised forward, and they have Harry fucking Kane. Well, indeed, um, indeed, indeed, indeed. I just want to move it on a bit, J.K. Um, you know, we we can we can sit here and 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 we have already said same old same old. We can't score. I mean, some of the stats. Let me just whiz down here. Are just are just absolutely breathtakingly fucking awful. Uh, we had a point four four expected goals. Not that I give a shit because I've never really really you know been interested in that. But Chelsea have scored just six goals in all competitions since November. Uh, November 6th, the fewest of any side in the top four tiers of English football and fo- and 40 fewer than Man United have produced in the same period of time. Now, if I give you an idea of... of, of, of um, whoops, oh, fuck's sake, I pressed the wrong button. Of, uh, of goals, uh, fewer PL goals than Chelsea since the start of November. Well, there aren't anybody because we're at the bottom. 
Um, we're in the company with Everton, who have got six, Crystal Palace, who have got eight, Southampton, who have got eight, Bournemouth, who have ten, Forest, who have ten, uh, surprisingly, Newcastle, eleven, uh, Wolves, twelve, West Ham, twelve, Fulham, fourteen, Leeds, fourteen. But I mean, this is the kind of company uh, that we're keeping. Uh, it's it's just staggering. But we all also know this is not a new problem. I mean, we've 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 struggled to score for the last three or four seasons. We don't have a proper striker. But the thing is, the thing that that really you know caught my attention yesterday, J.K., was the fact that. You know, even without Conte, Spurs were... I mean, actually, do you know what is really funny? Just a to, 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 to slight tangent. I was listening to the radio, and some, one of the pundits, I think it was on TalkSport, was saying it was really weird at White Hart Lane because both sets of fans expected to lose. But we'll get onto that point in a minute. Um, my point is that Spurs were incredibly negative, basically. I mean, they came at us with a blue rocket under their arse in the second half, as we know, and they scored, but... They basically, whenever they were out of position, possession, they were defending uh, with a five-four-one formation, which basically, of course, as we all know, makes it very hard to break down and find space to create anything. So this is a problem that we've had a lot. But what I find difficult is we've got a new manager, you know, who, who can try and figure that problem out, and of course, a lot of new players. So why can't we? I mean, it's not just poor finishing. I mean, we didn't create anything really yesterday either. I mean, are Spurs just brilliant? I mean, they kept City out when they won 1-0, so maybe you should give some credit to Spurs. I think they're, they're, they're decently organised, aren't they? And they rely heavily on that big boot down the pitch into the corner for um, when he when he's on there, Son or, or whoever the other striker is. I think it was what, Kulieski, whatever his name is. Kulieski. Yeah, yeah, the winger, uh, to run onto it. And um, and Kane is sort of like this, this kind of eminence grease in the middle who dictates things. Um, who's a very terrific player. Got to give give it to him. He's a really excellent player. Um, but um, it, it's based very much on, def- which is a, a Conte thing, isn't it? Defence and, 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 and on the break. But the fact that we have a new manager with supposedly excellent tactics with a lot of very young, swift players should give us um, a means of breaking that kind of thing down rather than just falling apart pretty soon you know after a goal so but as you say Chich, they came straight out and um, and um uh, who knows why enzo kicked the ball away from um uh, kepper when he when he spilled the first shot you know because all he, he actually was in front of him just need to pick the ball up you know that we will that is a, a, a you know a what if moment we will never get back why on earth did enzo kick weakly to the edge of the penalty area what was he thinking? Yeah, well, it, um, it still it still required. Sorry, I'm off the mic. It still required Skip to do very well, actually, and see it and come steaming no, in. Yeah, Poor yeah, old Felix yeah. didn't have a chance, and he absolutely wallops one into the no, top no, corner. No. I, I haven't given you know. I'm not mentioning Felix. A problem for Felix. I think it was the fact that. Um, well, I thought Skip he, needs he, some credit for doing quite well. I mean, no, again, do you no, think? Do you think Kepper was at fault at all? Because he got yeah. a hand to it. Well, he, he was a bit slow getting up to it. He, he gave him the opportunity. Didn't he? He gave him the opportunity to. Um, Enzo gave him the opportunity to shoot. He took it very well. But yes, if he gets his hand to it and it's straight at him, he should really get it over the bar. He was a bit. If you look to the shots from behind the goal, which I did subsequently on match of the day, he was a bit slow to get up there. But you know, it should never have happened because the ball should just have been. He should have once he saved it. He should just have picked it up. Enzo should never have kicked the ball away. Then that's a kind of panic thing. I don't quite know why. 
why that happens. You know, does that happen in a team that's not playing really well? Panic is infectious. Panic, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Martin, I know you want to come in on Kepa. Yeah, I do. Firstly, if I I kind of missed the build-up to the goal but then saw it back. First thing he should be doing, he... If the ball, if he's there to get the ball, he should be clearing those defenders the fuck out of the way to stop shit like that. He should be clearly more commanding in his own area. Secondly, BBC Radio had uh, Paul Robinson as one of their summarisers, and he just the way he described Kepper's handling of the shot was probably far better than any, any of us will manage. He, the way he's described because you saw on the replay, he's more or less got a full hand on it, yeah. and it's gone through him. He said Kepper was using his wrong hand trying to tip it away rather than getting a solid contact on it to parry it away and, you know, smoke hands as hit, hit again because he just went through his bloody fingers. Yeah. It was, I, it I, was I, appalling. It was absolutely yeah. inexcusable. I, I, I neither, thought it was poor, mate. I'll be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. We, we thought these mistakes were, you know, he was getting, he was eliminating them. They're, they're still there. Yeah. And we've got one keeper who can't use the ball with his feet and another who seemingly struggles with his hands and has doesn't command his box and he's undersized and all the rest of it. Well, there's a lot of money being spent on both those keepers, nearly a hundred, nearly a hundred million. If you don't have the transfer fees together, I agree. And we'll, pro- we'll probably have to look for a new bloody goalie in the summer. Well, indeed. Um, I mean, I'll tell you what, it's interesting what you say, JK, about the panic in the defense, because, um, I, 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 somebody, I think one of the pundits mentioned it, um, you know, in the full-time chat, but, you know, losing silver on on seventeen minutes certainly wasn't going to help our cause, and I think it it showed actually because he calms things down and he's a good organizer, and it just did look a bit chaotic after that. However, question I want to ask to both of you really because it's been really bugging me, um, and I mean I know it ties into the era of resignation, which we will get to, I promise. Um, the minute that goal went in. I knew that was it. That was game over. I mean, it's not. It's not, and it's not just because we can't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. I just knew that they weren't going to get back into it. And of course, Tottenham scored a second goal, and it was absolutely game over. But I felt like that after the first one. We're just terrible these days in adversity. J.K. They 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 can't seem to come back from anything. But I I don't. Think- Church, I don't reckon it's adversity. I just don't... Well, I think going 1-0 one... down at Spurs is adversity. Well, it shouldn't well, be, because normally that's a cue to go and score three. What I mean by that is is I just don't think we're very good. I don't think it's adverse. I think, you know, it, it, it. why would we come back from that when we can't score at all? We're not going to come back because we can't score anyway. So it's not as if our heads have gone down any lower. So it, it's just... It's sort of meaningless, you know, that we're not going to score and they get a goal. We'd have thought we'd be G'd up by that, but we're still playing at the same level. It's not, we did actually, actually inject a bit more energy into it after we scored. There was it. After the ball got, uh, uh, sorry, after they scored. Yeah, the ball got went down the other end more quickly. But once again. Well, that's because they sat back. And indeed, because they were, they were happy to, 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 to. I think most teams are happy to give Chelsea the ball because they know they're going to faff about with it slowly. When they get anywhere near danger, they'll just pass it sideways. And even if they do get it into a danger area, they're going to either miss the shot or there isn't anybody in the box to take it. We had, I, I saw some statistic. It was, hang on, let me just find this. I think it was, we had six shots. Where's it gone? Six shots, one on target, none from inside the box. And that was after 69 minutes. Yeah. I mean, we're easy to defend against, Martin, aren't we? But why Why do you think? Well, I, I do think there's something in this. That, that 
and I've noticed it. I mean, even Frank used to mention it too. There was a bit of it going on when he was around, but we we don't seem to have that wherewithal to pick ourselves off the floor. You know, if something bad happens, we we it, we just we just melt. Going there, I think Sari and Conte may have mentioned it as well. Oh, Christ, does it's, it go back that far? Fuck I'm it afraid man. so. I think we can. You could almost trace it back to John Terry retiring, mm. Well not retiring, but when he left, because and you know. Cahill was there for a couple of seasons, but after that, it's just mental midgets at times. They have no, you know, unless unless they can start brilliantly and keep going, that the idea of digging in to turn it around just seems anathema to some of them. And this is, you know, this is in this is affecting new players coming in as well. It's mind-boggling, and they they need some bloody professional professional shrinks in there because they've got one or they need a few fucking more because one are the one they have is probably overworked and they clearly <laughs> need, need a few few opinions because something is just not right and it's, it predates Potter and that's not to, that's not absolving him at all because he's done fuck all to change it since they can turn it on when they need to and I was kind of I was almost a, a little bit concerned that they would put in this belting performance yesterday and then next Saturday against Leeds, play like absolute wankers again and lose at home to Leeds. Similar to the whole playing well against Dortmund and throwing in an absolute dog of a performance against Southampton. But in a way, yesterday just confirms that this team are what we think they are. Shit. And it's very shit, yes. And it's very disheartening to watch. And I can't see it getting better because the players that we would expect to stand up are out of form and shrinking in their own ways and the ones that you know we would expect to start just aren't doing it yeah. at the moment Martin, it's very difficult to see a way out i'm just going to read this quote out by a very uh, uh highly esteemed uh, football pundit i wonder if you'll recognize him um it's just a miasma surrounding this lot they were time wasting 32 minutes in kepper mucking around which for me is what a relegation threatened side do away from home We've seen it enough against us. The players don't have confidence in the manager and the manager has probably lost some confidence in himself. Vicious circles. It's by some bloke called Martin Wickham. Like, fuck, you didn't say Miguel Delaney. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would never do that to you, mate. Yeah, no, it, well, it's the only way you can describe it. The, JK has already mentioned our Kepa time-wasting in the first half. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? We have a game to win. Why are you playing for a nil-nil? They've just got no confidence in anything. Anything the manager says, the manager clearly doesn't believe his own shtick at times. I think he's been dented since what happened at Brighton back in October. Yeah, I genuinely it's when it think went, it, yeah, it's when it started. I think, I think, I think it goes as far back as that. Because we, we hadn't lost. He'd, he'd won quite a lot of matches. He hadn't lost about eight matches into his reign. And then he lost, got stu- stuffed for one of Brighton, and it has gone to shit since that moment. You're absolutely yeah, well, right. You, you could argue we had a... We got away with it at Palace. We got away with it at Villa and Brentford should have beaten us. So there were warning signs there, but Brighton pretty much crystallised it. The games against AC Milan were a, a feel like an aberration in terms. And this is another thing. These players are turning it on in the Champions League games and playing like crap domestically. What, you know, If you can turn it on as simply as that, and even though they lost against Dortmund, it was a good performance. The not scoring in a fucking red light district affected us again. And you, you do wonder what's going on there. Because if they're turning it on, on and off like that, and frankly, I've seen them do it 
for a few years now, we have to wonder what the hell's going on at the club because yeah. some of these players are, you know, you wouldn't want them in a trench alongside you, would you? No, well, I wouldn't. And I mean, I wonder, you see, here's the thing. And I, I mean, you know, there's a lot talked about statistics and things, JK, but, you know, how do you how do you measure players' character, personality, attitude? I, I mean... I, I mean, I know because obviously I'm kind of in that business a bit and I know that a lot of neuroscientists and, and clinical psychiatrists will tell you that you can measure all of that statistically, but I'm not so sure. I think that's what good managers do. They go out and they smell it out, you know. Yeah, I like your I like the cut of your jib, they say, don't they, JK? You're the kind of bloke I, I trust and put faith in to, you know, fight it out when necessary, you know. It's called good good hiring. It's uh, it's called good management. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, mate. Ah, I mean, can we can we talk about this air of resignation? I mean, I I thought you brought brought it up beautifully in your fan bite. I mean, if we just go back to last Friday, you know, Tony went three 0 Spurs. He 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 was done by then. He's that's it. Um, I went nil nil. I can't remember what you said now. Forgive me. One one. I said one one. You, you see, you and I. There you go. You and I optimistically went for not losing, but not winning. And and I mean that's the point, isn't it? I don't. I don't think really any of us believed that we were going to win on Sunday. And no. to think that this is Chelsea. It's not that long ago since we we won the Champions League or the or the Club World Cup. In fact, last season we. We wallop Real Madrid in their own backyard. We okay, we lost, but we got to two cup finals. I mean, you know, this is not that long ago. And to think that 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 we went to White Hart Lane. I mean, fuck me. You know, there were there there were three certainties in life: death, taxes, and beating fucking Spurs at White Hart Lane. To think that none of us really thought we would win. I mean, that that is an air of resignation. I mean, there's no goals. There's no fight. There's no clue. There's no point. What is the fucking point at the moment? Because nothing changes. You would. The more that we talk about this, the more frightful it is, really. And and the more there is only one outcome, which is they need somebody with more experience of the Premier League and 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 Europe in charge. They need an elite manager who just wouldn't. He wouldn't settle for it, or he would come and just say. You're playing like this. And at least we'd see a pattern and we'd see something happening. And and perhaps they'd respect that. Because at the moment his his emotional intelligence, you know, softly, softly, catchy monkey approach, um, maybe all love and peace and excellent excellence on the training ground, but it's not instilling anything in them as a desire to to win. I, I worry whether this is a naive naivety on the new owner's part. I wonder whether they thought that um, taking over a recent Champions League winner, everything was... I know they wanted to change all the... They've changed all the staff, which is an excuse given as well as to one, one of the reasons why nothing is working and it needs to be bedded down and everything needs to gel. We've got to give it time. It's because staff have been changed. But I wonder whether he felt somehow that just the 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 club somehow would would allow people to win just by being associated with the club and that the he got it wrong as to how competitive the league was how competitive being in the premier league is and how everybody is 
learning more and more and everybody is using all these these um, data driven data driven uh, stats and every and, and new coaches have their own specific way of playing and i think that's something that we that it's interesting isn't it that somebody like Dyche comes into everton all right they lost at the weekend but he gets them playing in a certain way and at the, the moment v, jonathan the v the v the v but also ten hag's got united playing in a certain way yeah he is the way that the suits the players that he's got mate yeah but also i think well a double thing i think i i, I think they've been very fortunate united in that casemiro is clearly a, an absolute class why didn't we go in for him Indeed. What a player he is. I mean, I Indeed. thought that when we were playing Real Madrid every because year. Because the, the analytics would say you don't go near him. And that is that is the pitfall yes. oh, of analytics so. and XG. Yeah. It says, yeah. oh, he's this age, he's this much. We can buy a, a younger player cheaper and we'll get the same return. And it's complete and utter balls. Sometimes yeah. it's the eye test. <laughs> Casemiro, even though he looks like a Thunderbirds puppet, has been absolutely magnificent since he's... Yes, back- but, but he was great. He was great. Again, he was arguably their best player against us in the four matches we've played yeah. against them in the last three or so years. Yeah, but he's not a... It's, it's not a player that people who are looking to portray themselves as geniuses in a transfer market would go for yes it absolutely. Would be, it, it, would, it would be considered the easy option even though it's the correct option yeah and we didn't do it now admittedly probably didn't foresee Kante getting as in as injured as he has and that's unfortunate but yes sometimes they're, they're trying to be too clever by half and that's not you mentioned Kante here Martin he is an unbelievably important figure in the next few weeks yeah, well, by omission alone, he is now yeah. potentially the most important player in the team. That's a lot of pressure to put on a yeah. guy who hasn't, kicked a, who hasn't kicked a football competitively since August. Since August. August. But he is. If he comes back and plays well, they, he could rescue the season for them. Wow. And Potter. And Potter. He could do it. And 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 if but they have to get past Dortmund. He could then, they could go even further in the it's Champions League. It's a big League. ask, mate. It's a huge it's ask. A massive, it's, massive ask. But it is. Look, it, he is. He is the talisman and he is what the owners are hoping for. And it's everybody's, not well, everybody. We live in hope because I, I'm really sick of feeling fed up. Everybody I know is fed up with it. We're all very sad about what's happening and all the rest of it. There is an air of resignation. I hate that. That's so not Chelsea. Um, and, you know, I want to be sitting here saying we're going to win the fucking Champions League and fuck everybody off and bore their piss. That's what I like to do. It, it, it's actually that I haven't felt this way since the 70s. No. I really what haven't. Was it, what was it like in the ground yesterday, Jonathan? Because obviously you were there, rest of us weren't. Was he just complete? Oh, here we go. When the goal, they went sang out. a lot of um, uh, old songs. JT related to Spurs. William, a uh, couple of Carefree's, a couple of um, um, It's a Library, a couple of uh, um, You'll Never Win That. Um, you've won. Fu- we've won it all. You've won. Fuck all. Nothing pro the players on the pitch. Well, have players have done nothing to deserve anything, bro, then. So that's... Masses I mean, I... of people left with 10 minutes to go. Second goal. Masses and masses and masses. No, you saw that on the telly, mate. Yeah. i tell you what we I also saw. Paul Merce was there, and apparently he started a carefree chart. Really? Oh, Merce is a big Chelsea supporter. He used to watch oh, no, us, on the, he used to watch us on the terraces as a kid, mate. Yeah. So yeah, there yeah. you go. Um Look, I do want to wrap this part up, but you started a conversation which uh, which is brilliant, actually, because I think what you're alluding to, both of you, really, is the culpability and the new owners of the mess that we're in. 
And I would agree with you. And I think it's a good uh, example of why evolution is sometimes better than revolution. And there does seem to be a bit of a scorched earth policy going on. And of course, when you have a revolution, there's no such thing as a bloodless coup. You know, when you have a revolution, people's heads get cut off, people die. It's painful and it takes years to recover from. And that's the process they appear to be wedded to. And I, I, I have to say, I fear that this is going to rebound on, on the owners. The worst this gets on the pitch, the worse it's going to be for them because this is historically how it goes. And personally, I say this purely in a personal capacity, I think that that would be a great shame because my work with the Trust and, and other things, I can point to a lot of really, really good things that they're doing behind the scenes, many of which I can't really talk to you about. But one one such I think I can talk about is the, is the sleep out. They are about 250,000% more supportive of the sleep out and actual tangible help and support than the last regime ever were, where we were an irritant and we were given to the marketing department. I saw three of the women's team yeah. holding the banner up at Cobham, one of the pictures yeah. today. So that's that's definitely yeah. different. Just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 some of the the men's team have done the same. Uh, they've been really helpful with that. Um, I had a meeting with them last Friday for my over the line mental health initiative, and already there's more tangible support coming from that meeting than I ever got under the other regime. So they're doing, and there are other things that I can't tell you about yet, but we'll, we'll knock your socks off when you hear them. So there's a lot of really good things that they're doing, which, you know, annoyingly you can't really talk about, but this is going to be knocked, you know, knocked to shit by how it happens on the pitch, because at the end of the day, that's why we're all here. We're here to watch Chelsea play football. We're here to be entertained we're here to see our side win okay winning is not a given we're all old enough to know that but you know it, it does affect the mood somewhat anyway i'm going to stop prattling on and uh, talking the sleep out um i forgot to do my roll call i've had a few more but I'll, I'll i'll sort it out for friday's show but thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you especially to caroline who has been unbelievably generous i i, I felt so humble when i opened up the just giving page today when I see you, if I see you, I am going to give you a massive hug and a kiss. Uh, not not on the lips, if you don't want it on the lips, obviously. But anyway, um, yeah, big step for Bridge Sleep Out 2023, Saturday, the 25th of March. Uh, and I'm going to be there uh, sleeping in the east, the, the horrible uh, Icelandic wind tunnel, which is the uh, bowels of the East Stand. Um with about another 100 or so Chelsea supporters. It's going to be a great night out. I shall also be doing my uh, Tales from the Shed by the Fire Pit with whiskey and a big cigar. But I'm going to have to pre-record that this year, but I'll be doing that soon. Um, it's a really... Cigar. Yeah, I always have a big stogie, a bottle of whiskey, and I... I thought pre-record the cigar. No, 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 no. I have to do that as live. You can't bring a lardy oh. into the into the East Lower, obviously. No, no, no. no well, that's why, or, or a fire pit, Martin, or or even a bottle of whiskey. Sadly, but uh, I'll be reading from "Come Along and Sing This Song," the the book by the the new book by the the boys that you all know and love. So, uh, anyway, it's a great cause. It's for Stoll, uh, the Stoll Foundation, who look after <laughs> veterans who uh, find themselves homeless or with mental health problems or all sorts of other issues, and they look after them and house them, and they are next door neighbours. So, it's a very appropriate charity to support. If you want to help me out, that would be lovely. Justgiving.com slash fundraising slash David hyphen Chigi one. Uh, and uh, talking of great things to support, uh, we have a great friend on the fan cast. We have, in fact, we're, we're blessed that we've got to know many, many, many ex-players in the long time that we've been doing this show. 
But I don't think I would be wrong, JK, in saying that our absolute favourite is Paul Canners Canneville. He's such a warm guy. And um, as I've always said, the joy with which he describes his goals when he scored them. I mean, Kerry's good at Kerry tends to have forgotten them all. He remembers them, but then sort of says, says um, uh, oh, I don't remember that one. And you think, um, then, 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 no, then he's good at, at explaining the mechanics of it. But the the joy that uh, that Canners expresses whenever you, you ask him to score, I remember saying, describe the goal you scored against Fulham. And he's, oh, yeah, great. There's a, there's a, a, a boyish charm about Canners, which is lovely. He's such a warm guy. And um, and and so friendly and tells very good stories. So this will be a very good evening, afternoon, and I should say this will be a very good. I mean, no, they've all, all been very good. J- Jason McCundy was great, um, Pat Nevin was great, and Kerry was great. But this is this is a, another angle, and um, he's written the, the terrific Black is Blue book, and uh, it's worth looking at that before you, if you want to, before you come, then you get an insight into uh, the trials and tribulations of being Chelsea's first black player. But no, uh, um. Uh, a terrific, terrific chap to 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 have uh, to to share to share his company with because he's uh, he's really worth worth listening to and, and meeting. He is indeed, and and I'm really looking forward to this one. Chelsea Fancast and the Troubadour present uh, an afternoon with Paul Cannaville. Uh It's on the fifth of March, so it's next Sunday. So there's only a week to go, just under a week to go. There are still some tickets left, so you need to hurry up if you want to come along to this. Uh, the tickets are twenty quid. They're available at ticketweb.uk. Just search for Chelsea Fancast. That should do the trick. Doors open at 2.30. We'll kick off at about 3. We'll look back at the Leeds game. We'll have a live Q&A with Paul, obviously, and you can talk to Paul about anything you like, about his career, about the current game, whatever you want, really. Uh, He'll talk about anything. There's no flies on Paul. Uh, And obviously, you can have a chat with him personally, get to meet him. Uh, you know, uh, basically get anything signed that you want signed as well. So uh, it, it's guaranteed guaranteed to be a cracking afternoon if, of course, you're not going to be going to the Conti Cup final with the ladies team, the Chelsea Women FC, which is a bit of a scheduling faux pas on our part, really. But there you go, couldn't be helped. Um, so if you're not going to that game, come along and join us. There'll be lots of the fancasters there, so you can have a drink with us too. Should be a cracking evening. I know for a fact, actually, that there's at least two... Uh, people, Phil Spector being one, uh, coming over from... And there's a whole group of Americans coming over on Friday, actually, with the London is Blue mob. Um, so uh, if if some of them aren't going to the Conti Cup final, then come along. You'll you'll love this. This is a proper Chelsea event. I know that's a bit of a corny catchphrase, but it, it's what we all do. Not not us personally, but it's, it's very much part of the, the whole community thing that goes around the club and has done for years. So you'll get yourself a slice of that kind of action. So do come along. Right, we're going to have a quick break and then we'll be back for more Chelsea uh, Spurs versus Chelsea reviewing indeed. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call 
on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stanford Chidge, and I am joined by the resigned Jonathan Kidd. Hello. And the equally resigned Martin Wickham. Evening, and I'm going to retire rather than resign. I think, but there you go. Uh, right, uh, slightly different tack on a few things in this this here part. The first of which, um, and actually, I don't know why it didn't occur to me before. I think maybe because I've been like Potter, uh, so every anybody can make a mistake. But I've been quite wedded to playing four at the back because I think that Silver, uh, that James and Chilwell are good enough to get up and down the flanks, like uh, Trent. Uh, Terence Darby and Robertson for Liverpool used to. And of course it should give us more uh, options up front. We can play more players, etc, etc. But, I mean, Chile's alright. He's getting back in the swing of things. Um, I, I worry about James. I heard the other day that he's not 100% fit. He's kind of playing really... He should have had an op and he didn't have an op or something. I don't know. I, but he's clearly not at the races yet at all. He, he's, st- he's, no, he's not. No, he? he's, no, he's not getting forward a lot. And I think it's because he can't get back quickly, which, of course, is going to negate totally what I'm about to suggest, which is, of course, to play James and Chilwell as wingbacks, where we know they are very, very effective, which, of course, means oh. playing three at the back. Now, here's the rub. The reason we started playing four at the back was because we didn't have any centre-backs because they were all injured. However, to my knowledge, OK, Silva's got a knock. Let's let's assume Silva's knock is not serious and he'll be back next week. You've got Silva, Koulibaly, uh, you've got Fafana, dub, uh, Fafana W, uh, you've got Badiashil, Badiashil, and, and you've got Trevo Chaleba. That, by my reckoning, oh, and Aspie, when his head's back on, you've possibly got six people who can play in a back three. Six. It's too many now. It's too many. I kids. agree. But if you've, got, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. if you've got that many, then you can fucking play three of them. And have Chilwell and James as wingbacks. Well, they're, they're two of the best in the world at that, no. aren't they, Chid? Are they? Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? What do you think? Well, our main attacking threat has always come with them two playing as, as wingbacks and switching play quickly and getting space. Yeah. We've Has Potter played four at the back the whole time he's been at Chelsea? No. Okay. No, no, no. When... He, went, he went to four when we had no centre-backs. Because before he was playing Loftus Cheek, and then he was playing Sterling at wing back. Do you remember we had ah, the and Pulisic at wing back? We constantly did it. So the period he should have played for at the back was when when um, we didn't have enough uh, uh, full backs. He played everybody as as wing backs who shouldn't have been. And the period now that we've got the two wing backs back, he's still playing with four. Yes. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a numpty, isn't he? Let's be honest. He just looks like he's wedded to one way of playing. I mean. So I've seen it enough on social media. I think the, one of the things, among the many things that grind people's gears about it, is the fact that he doesn't seem to be able to change anything mid-game to react to a situation. Yeah. So, you know, Tottenham 
beat us with their manager unable to get out of the fucking bed. That's where it is. Because they're able to adapt way out the get the initial so we start well, twenty minutes in, every every team we seem to play just takes a deep breath, goes, it's fuck all here and they <laughs> take control. Right. And it doesn't matter whether it's West Ham, Southampton, Borussia Dortmund, Spurs, Liverpool, that seems to be the way of it. Man City just took the piss out of us. It's quite horrible to watch. And you know, going to I mean the, the criticism of playing five at the back was we didn't have the we were crap up front. Well, that's really improved since. So at the very least, we might as well try and get a little bit more stability. If James is genuinely concerned about his speed getting back, three centre-backs surely helps cover that. Right? That's my That would be my understanding of it. Koulibaly's been a bit caught for pace playing in the in the Premier League. If Silva's injured, he plays in the sweeper role. Fafana and Badia Shield do the, the legwork because they're more than capable of it. Hopefully Fafana stays fit now because what it's a very, 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 very thin silver lining. He has looked good, and hopefully it stays that way. But he looks very athletic, doesn't he, Martin? Yeah, he looks. He, he looks like... a very good um, challenge overhead kick challenge. Actually, hurt his thigh a bit, but I thought that was very classy. He just, I think he's a bit rusty to do him justice. He's hardly played, yes. but he looks. He looks. Um, he looks the real deal. Actually, I think we've got somebody there for the future. Um, yeah, it just just has to stay fit now. Yeah, That's the thing. Yeah, and yeah. if we, what have we done? We've best we have played since Antonio Conte was manager has been with three, five at the back and wing backs. Yeah, and two, and, and Tuchel goes back to it. We win the Champions League in a few months. I mean, if you were a but, new manager that came in tomorrow, it would be really interesting. You know, with no baggage at all, you were a really good elite manager, and you come and you look at the players that you've got. I bet anything you like. Given given everybody's fit as well, I think that's clearly an important consideration. You would play you would play Chilwell and James as wing backs, and that means you would play a back three. Yeah, if they're fit enough to do it, you'd do it. Yeah. What have we said about the best managers? What Ten Hag's done since he joined Man U? Play the system according to the players you've got, and make sure you're playing to their strengths and the results. If you try and force them to play in a way they're not comfortable with and they're not accustomed to, it's not going to work. No, I and totally that is agree. What, that is what Potter is doing now that Tuchel done the opposite of when he came in. He could have fucked around with it, changed it, moved it up, down, left, right. He reverted to a system that Conte won the league with, with different players but similar principles and win the Champions League. Yeah, there we go. It ain't rocket science. Um, Now, uh, one of the things that Potter did was to pick Ziyech. Uh, fuck knows why. Um, and then one of the most hilarious things I've seen on a football pitch in decades. It had everything. In fact, my notes, my notes, this is what I wrote down. This is as live as they say, JK. What the fuck is going on? ZH, ZH makes a good tackle on Richarlison, who reacts badly. Then Romero comes in and shoves ZH, who then shoves Romero. Uh, a yellow card's given to Royal or Hamburger Royal and, uh, and Havertz, and then the ref gives a red to Ziyech because he checked with VAR, and then it's no, no, changed. He, che- he checked with the linesman. Oh, he checked with the linesman. Oh, I see. This is the, what I the mean. And then he got the- changed back to a, a yellow. It was carnage, J.K. After what the fuck the was VAR, going on? The other problem was was that because of his desire just to wander to do it, it just made it interminable and made him look even more of a dick. If he'd sped up a bit. If he'd actually been seen to be slightly more in control of the situation, he wouldn't have come across as so much of a dick. But he'd he'd 
he he'd made his own bed earlier on by not booking any of the the uh, the free kicks that should have been yellow cards. There was one in particular where somebody was through. I think it was Felix, and he was pulled back. Now, if you're transitioning up with with the possibility of getting into the penalty area, that appears to be an automatic booking nowadays because you are affecting the it's professional foul and you're affecting the the um, the outcome of the play rather than just a a, a, a foul in the middle of the pitch and he didn't do it he just gave them a lecture i think it was may have been charleston i can't, can't remember who regardless but and then in that particular instance richarlison should have been um should have been booked for squaring up and and grabbing zayek but um uh I, I was intrigued i watched the scotland france uh the france scotland rugby and the uh the referee and the two linesmen and the um the video referee are not only all visible uh, on the screens, we hear everything they say to each other and every every discussion of the law, and it's it's really interesting yeah, and 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 it's good, it's good theatre, it's good yeah same it's good good telly, uh, good it's good for everybody in the ground. You know exactly what's going on. Also, but it's the status of the two linesmen, the two assistant referees, is huge. They pay he pays attention to them. And because on one occasion the chap was French guy was sent off for for headbutting for a high flying, tackle, flying headbutt, uh, here. flying headbutt it was, and the it was shit, <laughs> yeah yeah. And the um the uh, the ref said um uh, I don't know what I, I couldn't work out what nationality he was, but he said I think you have to go uh, where well, we said he was couldn't have been French obviously, um but he said uh, he said look to me as if it was just on the shoulder. I think it's not going to be uh, not going to be rare. I think it's just a yellow. And the touch judge, the the system referee said, no, I think you'll see that actually the contact is on the top of the head, and if we see it from the other angle, we can see that. And he said, "Oh yes, I see that. What do you think?" And he said that to the TMO, and the TMO, who's the ma the video match, re uh, television match um, referee, said, "I agree with that." And he went, "Good, I will change my decision. Good, I agree with you completely. If that is the consensus, good. Right, he's off. Red card." And but you, we all saw that, and you go, "I understand what's happening." The fact they want to keep it secret, the fact that that he he the trouble is he debated with the linesman, and the linesman effectively got it wrong. So the linesman shouldn't be giving the decision in the past. The linesman would have made that decision and Zayat would have been off. Now, because they've got the VAR, we look at it and we see that all he did was push him in it. He, it then hit him slightly in the face. And of course, he did that thing of falling on the ground and holding his face, trying to get him sent off, which is just as bad, for goodness sake. The referee should even have cautioned him for that, for for for, for faking it. It's, it's, the, the whole game just becomes such a, a farce with all of these these this ridiculousness nap happens. They need to make it absolutely transparent. We need to have a role in it, so we see it. It's it works. For, we're watching. We're the public. We're paying. We're paying on television to watch it. It it's fine. There's no need. You're not losing any status by allowing people to see what you're up to. That the cogs work because that way it also justifies you as an official. You are doing your best to come to the fight the best decision. You're not just you're not making arbitrary. Um, um, suggestions that aren't aren't correct. You know, if he'd gone with the linesman, it would have been the incorrect decision. So are you, are you, and yet, are you, and yet are you saying that VAR? Yeah. Are you saying that VAR is great now because they got the right decision? No, I'm not saying it's great at all. I'm saying it should be used more. You know, I'm not. You're just winding me up. I'm just saying it should be. I'm just saying it should be used. It should be used by all it of them. Be it should be used correctly, and we should be. In, yeah, we should be. I can tell you, JK. You know, if, JK. If the guys, I agree with me. Yeah. No, no, I agree with you. I mean, I can tell. Sorry, I, I was butting in to tell you that 
pretty much every time I, you know I'm, I'm not as involved in it as I was but the the football sports association all the relevant you know trusts and sport organizations who are affiliated to it who have had access to the Premier League and VAR have been saying this I mean I was saying it I I, I said it they have a they have a about three or four meetings a year where all the chairs of all the supporters trusts and all of that go and have a meeting with the Premier League at the Premier League's headquarters I was there on about two or three of them every time I went I say your VAR is an absolute omni-shambles. You need to do it like cricket and rugby. And the reason you need to do that is because the supporters know what's going on, because they're privy to these conversations. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll ignore that then. Well, the, jo- the joke of it was yesterday, was what, the first one was, what the fuck was Havertz booked for? I still haven't worked that one out. Secondly, Ziyech gets the red card, walks off, and then he's told to wait. So he just looks comical. You might as well have had the fucking Benny Hill music playing over the PA. Yeah, do it. You might as well. No, now you're going to fuck me up trying to talk. <laughs> the bandages. He took the bandages off his ring. He's getting ready to go off. No, wait. Decide first, check first, then fucking card him. Do it the right way round. I don't understand that either. You know, he, he didn't consult VAR at all. He just consulted no. the linesman. Of course, the great irony is is that we all wanted ZH off, ZH off way before that. So. Well, <laughs> I did it, yeah, well, yeah, half an hour before the game started. It was an ex- I immediately thought, fuck, Potter's got an excuse if they lose. Oh, I mean, mate, that. mate, that's tragic. Um, anyway, uh, Mason Mount gets it and he got a yellow card. Now, this is quite interesting because... You know, Mount, I think, you know, I know he's in horrible form and all the rest of it. I think there are so many factors around this. In fact, actually, funnily enough, uh, I should be hearing about this later on, but my latest uh, CFC UK piece, which I penned, would you believe it, after having done the Friday night show, I didn't get to bed until two, is on Mason Mount. It's called Everything Counts with Mason Mount. Uh, Steve uh, CFC Mode will approve of that one. He'll know what I'm talking about, but... uh, you know, it really goes into why we shouldn't be selling Mount and what an absolute travesty it will be if we do. But there's a lot going on for the young man, as Brian Clough would say. However, we've been moaning a lot tonight, I know. We've been moaning predominantly because, you know, Chelsea didn't turn up against Spurs, a match that God said a long time ago that Chelsea always have to win. And they didn't because they didn't have any fight and they didn't really put it in and they didn't really look like they cared. Until Mason Mount came on belatedly for um, for Ziyech, and he ran around because that's what he does a lot of. And he, but he was angry. He want you know he 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 didn't like losing to Tottenham, and he got booked for dissent. He got booked for telling at while he was a fucking prick or words to that effect. Rightly so. Yeah, and rightly so. And he showed some fight. He showed what the other thing that. So I, I mean, I thought you got a yellow card, Mace which you probably deserve for what you said to the referee, but at least you're showing something, unlike the lily-livered bunch of pillocks that you're playing with. The other thing that he did, and I know this because I've seen the video, I obviously wasn't there, but JK might confirm, I believe he was the only one to come to the away support and clap them like he always does, and he's usually the first. Fafana did. Fafana did. Well, well done. So did did Fernandez. Oh. Fernandez took his shirt off and gave it to the crowd. In fact... Missed the first time and gave it to a photographer by mistake. A bit like his past. So took it off the photographer and and a steward then took it and threw it in. Okay, well, well done for Farner W. He did that at Southampton against Southampton as well. He, he was 
one of the few who approached the Matthew Horning after that shit show. Yeah. So he clearly has some character about him. But the point is, is that the, you know I was saying this on on Friday. Why why does Chilwell, James, and uh, certainly Mount have to start? Because you know they should be imbued in terms of the culture, inculcating the culture of this club to the extent where they understand how important this fixture is to the supporters. And 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 I I see Mason Mount. I didn't mention this in my article. I should have done. But Mason Mount is a natural successor to the era era that uh, we're so sadly fade seeing fade into memory now. Which is having the likes of John Terry, Frank Lampard, Ashley Cole, Didier Drogba, Petr Cech. There, players who fought and fought and fought to get Chelsea where they where they where they got to. You know, which is an elite European club. And there's things about it that are really important. JT used to drum this into the players. Well, I think Mount is the natural successor to that. But right now, sadly, JK, he appears to be the only one. Um, I just think it's a very difficult situation for him. Because he's not starting him. When he does come on, he seems to fulfil all the... Uh, all the haters' dreams that he's not playing very well. Uh, he's a shadow of what we used to see. He doesn't get any shots on goal. Um, the odd triangle he plays. Uh, and all we see is just a lot of running around. And yet, from that point of view, um, yeah, he told the ref where to go because he not he, somebody had been fouled and, he, and um, the ref wouldn't do anything about it, which happened a lot on the day there was a lot of spurs fouling that um the ref did nothing about um i mean if i was the conspiracy JK, fancy a lot of chickens being foul uh-uh. um uh if i was a conspiracy theorist i would say that um people like it that we're we're down that people like it that we're not doing well and um uh they're inclined to not pay much attention to any fouling that goes on. For example, you could say that their goal was a foul. The header, Dyer's header, was a foul. In fact, it was a foul. Nothing was said about it. It's a kind of, it became a Harry Kane approval show. Look, the great Kane has scored again. Look, there he is at the back post. Look how he poaches. He was off balance. He managed to flick the ball back. It was a foul. Where was the VAR? Nowhere to be seen. You could argue that Skip fouled Felix. Yeah. Yeah, but in that... um, You know what? It makes me think of, you know, because, I mean, we're going to talk about its relegation form, folks, isn't it, in a minute? The uh, the new game show that we've devised, especially for this show. Um, But uh, what you've just said, I mean, basically what you're saying is that Chelsea are suffering and have been suffering for the sins of the father. You know, that when, when Roman Abramovich got sanctioned, rightly or wrongly, um, it was open season on the club. So as well as being Nazis, racists, homophobes, what was the other thing? Oh, now, now you know, email death threat haters. Uh, we're also responsible for the war in Ukraine and all evils known to man to do with football or otherwise. So, I mean, I think there was a general feeling that people wanted the club to be punished to the extent of the being... Fold. The yeah. fold. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, yeah. Extinction. They, they yeah. genuinely wanted it, and when it didn't happen, a lot of them were furious. Yeah, and it's go. It's still like that. Um, you know, all the 
you know, solidarity they talk about with football fans was not extended to Chelsea fans when our club was about to get fucked by this government. And it did get fucked by this government. But, I mean, properly fucked into extinction. That is what they were aiming for. No, I think And they were happy to let it to let that happen or the usual suspects who you know, usually fuck the Tories laugh fuck the Tories fucking Tories they were all queued up behind Boris Johnson kissing his fucking ring piece because they wanted Chelsea to go to the wall that is where their fucking principles lie fuck every one of them yeah there you go Martin's riled up and quite rightly the uh, the point the other point I was going to make is that we're in this situation now which is what JK is clearly saying do you know what that reminds me of JK it reminds me of the late 70s and the 80s when we were in the doldrums then because we had, you know, a massive hooligan reputation throughout the late 60s, 70s and the early 80s which had fucked a lot of people off in football. Chelsea were not liked as a club and and the minute we started to go on the slide, they loved it. They absolutely loved it and they felt that we had consigned this horrible, toxic, odious little club to the dustbin of history and the second division and almost going out of existence. And that's one of the reasons why they hate us now, because we came back. We weren't supposed to come back then. And I wonder if we're going through something similar now. Yeah. But I wonder if, if psychologically, if the there's a bias against us that is... is no, it may be tangible, tangible. it may be deliberate, you know. But I think that's so saying rather than conspiracy. I, think I just think rest in this country are genuinely shit. And couldn't find their arse with two hands. <laughs> well, there you go. Truth. Yeah, is- no, I, 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 no, I agree with that as well. I just think it's a double thing. I think if all you need is a couple of people in that who are specifically don't like the club, you know, you, you've got it on all levels, haven't you? You've got idiocy and and hatred. So, indeed, indeed. Let's let's swing it back um, and uh, talk a little bit about relegation. For I'm going to read you. Well, yeah. We'll do relegation, then we'll finish up with uh, with where we are on Potter. I mean, we know where we are on Potter. We keep bloody saying it. Nowhere. And he will not be gone, whether we like it or not. I'm going to read this passage from Pat Nevin's wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, book that uh, we talked to him about. A um, <clears throat> couple of different bits. One's when he was at Everton, and one is the year we got relegated in 87-88. Um, Here we go. It's not unusual for there to be some tension when a group of new players come into a team. I had felt some of that when I initially arrived at Chelsea, but back then the new group became successful right away and some of the players who were being sidelined left in a cull soon afterwards. For those reasons there was no lasting problem. At Everton it was different. The previous group had been extraordinarily successful and weren't ready to move on and it was clear clear that the new players were brought in to be their long-term replacements. In some respects, it's totally understandable that they would feel unhappy. Whatever your job, imagine if your manager brought in someone to replace you but expected you to work alongside them and help them to integrate so that they could take your job even more quickly. What about if some of these incomers also got paid more than you, even though you were the ones that brought the company the success? Be honest, how many wouldn't rail against that? I fully understand where they were coming from, although it was never openly articulated from either side. And then he says in another part of the book, other things were happening too, not least that the confidence was beginning to drain from the group, a common problem when teams go through a bad period. The run of bad luck would have been funny had it not been so distressing. 
There were many games when we hammered the opposition, hit the woodwork countless times. They cleared miraculously off the line and their keeper would have, would have the game of his life. Then we lost to a breakaway goal. I'm not a fatalist in any way, but if ever anything was written in the stars, it was our ignominious end to that season. The difference between success and failure at that level can be very small. A single refereeing decision, a ball hitting a post and staying out instead of going in, does end up being the difference between relegation and safety. Those small single incidents happened to us on dozens of occasions. Had any single one of them gone in our favour instead, it would have saved us. There you go. The great Pat Nevin on what it's like when you get a lot of new players coming in who are basically being brought in to replace you. And also um, kind of, you know, how how it was an accident waiting to happen, really, getting relegated by the playoffs. Uh, the only club ever to do so, because they didn't do it again in 1988, uh, which brings us to, you know, where are we with the relegation issue? Um, I read out earlier, didn't I, in the intro, JK, that... Uh, since uh, October the 22nd, when we drew with Man United 1-1 at the bridge, our form would put us 16th, which would be one point above the relegation zone. And currently, uh, as in the last five matches, we are 19th. So I'm sorry, whatever way you swing it, it's fucking relegation form, mate. It clearly, clearly is. Now, the other week... I said, didn't I? I did my little. I did a spreadsheet. Everybody. I had latte, and it made me do a spreadsheet. I didn't quite move to being an Arsenal fan, though. Um, I still think we'll probably get about forty-five points. Or, or at this point, it, it's. I mean, I was going on banking on getting one point a match. That's looking a bit far off at the moment. But anyway, <laughs> if if you know, I still think. And then the other, I think the thing is, you know, forty-five points, as I said, averaged about twelfth in the league for the last eleven years or eleven seasons. And uh, the relegated points or, you know, what what would have got you relegated, 34 points was the average. So I still, given that the average is 34, I still think we'll get more than three points in the rest of the season. And I, I actually think we'll probably get about somewhere between 40 and 45. But I tell you what, mate, you know, stranger things have happened. You know, you can't, I think we have to really admit it. We, we are, even though we're 10th because of the luck. Well, we're 10th for two reasons. One is, there are actually a lot more shit teams than us. And secondly, as I said earlier on, in his six games in charge in the Premier League before he got sacked, Thomas Tuchel gained us nine, sorry, ten points, three wins and a draw. That could be the difference between us staying up and going down. So we'll have Thomas Tuchel to thank. That's my prediction. But I don't think we will. But we have to talk about this, JK, because that's where that's where we're looking at the moment. And if things don't pick up... If the players really aren't playing for Potter, if Potter is as clueless as he looks, this is not going to change. It's just going to get worse. I really think it will. Well, that's why I say that, that Conte is so important because if he comes back and cements the midfield, this the, any fatalism about relegation will disappear immediately because they might get some results because there'll be more um, uh, oppositions will be more pressurised, so there'll be more room to try and have a shot. Um, uh, and Sterling will actually, you know, if he tries to curl the ball into the corner rather than giving it a good bang, um, at least he might, you know, he might get some traction there. But um, uh, if by any chance that doesn't work uh, and we don't score, um, I think your 45 points is optimistic. I really do. I can't see. I, 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 well, if we keep on on losing points at this rate, 
we can only but go down. Can't we, Chich? We can't. If we can't score and we play the same way every single time and don't score, therefore, what chance have we got of getting any points? We'll just be overtaken. You know, it, 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 it's the worst, worst implosion that's ever happened, but it it looks as if it's going to happen, doesn't it? If if they can't score, if they don't get the ball in the net, then, then the opposition are aware of our inability to do so and they'll score, then, and they know that our heads go down when, when, I mean, I'm saying you said the heads went down. Well, I don't think necessarily the heads go down. We're just, we're just incompetent. But, um, it, it, you know, it's the most basic thing, isn't it? Getting the ball in the net. And if you don't do that, you're going to go down. So, well, we got, we got, I mean, if we go, if we go back to what Martin was saying, which I thought was spot on, which is this all went tits up from the Brighton match. Since then, we've won nine points uh, in 13 games. We've now got 13 games left. If we got nine points again, then we'd have 40 points. That is pretty... In which case, we'd be on the on the verge of relegation. We yeah. would be, but I think, as I said, given that the average point... I mean, in my little, little spreadsheet, my analysis of the last 11 seasons in the Premier League, um, as I proved, you know, the, the, the highest number of points that got you relegated was 37 in 2016 so even if we got 40 points we'd be safe yeah 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 whoopty right, yeah. fucking okay. do you know we'll, we'll finish 16th uh, who, or who knows there might be there might be suddenly a, a big surge of 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 bottom teams doing better and they start overtaking us well <laughs> do you know what you know, if we don't say yeah no carry no, on no 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 i was no, it's just that's all I was going to say. Really. All right, okay. If well, they, if they get, if they get, you know, if Southampton suddenly get another win, all the other, all the teams below us start winning, and the the point, all, all the table gets drawn together, which it looks like doing at the moment, because I'm not seeing Newcastle be outstanding. I'm not seeing Spurs being outstanding. The only two clubs running away with it are Arsenal and Man City. Um, uh, I can see it being a, a very low, uh, a very medium sized number of points this season you might get one team one team is but even Southampton beat us and even Southampton look a bit improved so you know it might be that a team ends up with 40 and is relegated well I mean there are 10 points I mean this is the other thing that stands in our our favour Martin there you know there's we've got 10 points on uh, Everton who are in 18th on 21 so I actually think that 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 does stand us in fairly good stead but you know, the question really is, mate, you know, uh, I mean, what does Potter do? And, and you know, we keep getting told we should accept the process. Like I said earlier on, you know, if the process is wrong, if the wrong process, why should we accept the process? If the process is going to get us relegated, why should we accept that process? And do you think we might get relegated? Do you think it's a possibility? Well, who's who at the moment is telling us to accept the process? Directly saying it, I, I've I saw I've seen allusions to it, but I just think, I think that's the implication. To be fair, isn't it? I think I think that worm is starting to turn. I think pe- even people who would ordinarily say give it time, and I'm not talking about Chelsea fans here, are saying that no, actually he's not good enough. He's out of his depth. Some of his utterings in press conferences have clearly set off a few red lights, and they've just gone, no, he's he's not waving. He's drowning. And he's not Neo, oh, is he? He's fucked. He's just, he's just, 
it, you just you would seeing a bloke who's clearly out of his depth in this job, and nothing he is doing is changing it, and nothing he can do seems to be able to affect change. Now, I think we might just be okay on relegation because I know some, I think some teams will improve, but I don't think enough of them will improve for us our position to fall into that into those spots. But that said, at the moment, Villa, Wolves, Everton, possibly Leeds, possibly West Ham, Leicester, Forest, all have better coaches than us. All have managers who are competent at their job. And we have a guy who has is is you know getting his excuses out now via certain elements of the media. Oh, there's too many players. Well, mate, it's your job. <laughs> I mean, that's like Martin, do two training sessions a day if you need to and split them in half. Martin, Be that, ruthless. Martin, Just, that's a, that's a really good point. Villa, Emery, better coach. Vieira, better coach. Steve Cooper, I think just the way that he had to yeah. deal with the well, same he, kind of number of players many, that came in. How many players have Forrest fucking signed since I the summer? I mean, less, pre- less pressure than Potter, without a doubt. But he's, 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 he's you know, he's, I mean, Forrest the 13th at the moment. And they were, I had them absolutely nailed on to go down. Uh, Brendan Rodgers, whatever you think of him, better coach than Potter. Um, I, I, I can't even pronounce the Wolves manager. L- Lopetegui. Thank you. Him too. Um, I don't really know. Is he a better manager than Potter? Yes, I think fucking... Yes, yes. I think there's, I think there's wheelie oh, wow. bins in the fucking... All right, all right, all right. Okay, all right, okay. okay. Just, 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 just check it, just check it. David Moyes? Or better organised. Yeah, all right. Uh, Gra- Gas- Gra- uh, Garcia's, you know... Gra- Gracia. Gracia. Well, I think I've, I think I've made you feel really you did. great after that game with... Harry Gracias, when he took over at Watford and they were in a bit of a shambles, uh, they played Chelsea, I think, in his first home game and promptly beat us 4 1. Yeah. And they're coming to Stanford Bridge on Saturday. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, Sean Dyche, I like him as a manager. I think he's a good organisation again. V's, mate. V's. Basics. Basic organisation. Get players in to do the job you who do the job you ask them to do without, and, you know, be clear in your communication. I don't think you. I don't think you come out of a team talk with Sean Dyche not going. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I think it's made very bloody clear what you're supposed to do. Yeah, uh, Bournemouth, Gary, whoever he is, definitely not better than Potter. Come on, he can't. He's not no, better than Potter. No, no, he's he's the he's the one. He's the one who's probably in the same well, position as Potter. But at the same time, Bournemouth, I think at the moment, I'd put more. I'd be say Bournemouth would be more likely to sack O'Neill than Chelsea to sack Potter, mm. which is crazy. So Lanky's Solanke, playing out of his skin. Did you notice he's actually playing quite well? I've not watched Bournemouth much, to be honest. So no, I haven't. <laughs> you, you mean you, you didn't watch Bournemouth this season, mate? Come on. I think I've watched fucking paint dry this season rather than fo- any football. No, just even season. the bits on match of the day, you can see that he's running I always spin right. through to the Chelsea match, mate. Of course Why you, you do. do that to yourself? Yeah. I'm not a proper football fan. Love Chelsea, that. love Chelsea, hate football. You know how it works. Um, anyway, uh, I've completely lost my thread. Why should we accept the process? The process is the wrong process. Well, I think that's the proof that it is the wrong process in a way, isn't it? I don't know. It's just uh, so well, difficult. I, I just think it, the process is not defined by the manager. That's what we we're supposed to be trying to get away from. For years, we moaned about having players brought in, which were the, the, the desires and wants of individual managers. So Sarri got his players in, then he left. He he had players from Conte's era who weren't moved on after he left. Then Lampard came in and 
didn't get too many players admittedly, but still got players. Then Tuchel got his players. Now Potter's coming. So you've got all these players come in. And it's just, it, it, it's a mismatch. We still, we still got that. So the whole idea was to have a holistic, a holistic approach, whatever that wank word is, and make sure that, you know, from, there's a structure at the top that feeds down. Now, if you get that right, then the coach is agnostic. You know, it could, the coach can be whoever it is. You can swap them in and out, in and out. And as long as you've got the same people in charge above, so that's the director of football, your technical director, your scouting, you know, and A and other, all that stuff. As long as that's in place and it's doing its job, then the coach, the the coach just deals with the players he's given, and it works, and that's how it works. Now, this whole thing of trust the process and linking it exclusively to Potter doesn't hold any any water with me for that reason because it's not just Potter and if red lights start going off when they see the relegation zone and they realize oh shit you can't tank a season intentionally without there being consequences then he will go it will be like Hemingway's bankruptcy won't it it will be you know gradually then suddenly and Potter will be sacked and hopefully it doesn't come to that because I don't want us going any nearer those relegation spots but I cannot see where the next win comes from well I mean the the thing yeah I think we've all said that and the thing that really worries me Jake I mean come on we've been watching football a long long time and every season you know, even even 1987-88, we were way too good to go down. Um, I think Pat's point earlier on was very pertinent, that we actually weren't playing badly and we actually didn't have bad players. This was proved by the fact that when we did go down by mistake, um, we bat- and we played brilliant football. I think we got the record points total in the in, in Division 2. And then the next season in Division 1, we finished fifth. Yeah. I mean, I talk to Kerry about this a lot because it's one of my favourite seasons, both the relegated seat, the sec, you know, Division Two season and the subsequent Division One season. Because I started going a bit more regularly because I was living in Lots Road, and uh, he says we had a much better team then than we did in eighty three, eighty four, eighty five, which is heralded, you know, the come along and sing this song side that everybody loves and goes on about. He said that other team was much better, so you know, they they were too good to go down. That's the point. And they had bad luck, really, from what Pat was saying. Things were going against them. Every season we see a team and they, we say, oh, oh, no, they're too good to go down. The trouble with us, I mean, you know, th- these teams that are perennially down there, you know, in the depths of the Premier League, they might be shit. But one thing that they can do is, is you know, defend with 10 men, time waste for 90 minutes, kick people when they have to and fight. Look at Southampton, the way they played against us the other week. Absolute textbook definition of a smash and grab. They wasted time from minute one, kicked us whenever they had to, defended with their lives, and nicked a 1-0 win. That's what relegation-threatened teams do. I don't think we have, have, it, have it in us to do it like that. We, we don't know how to. I mean, we've been so far away from this for years and years and years. I mean, the closest we got to it was... Uh, when Jose got sacked during the palpable Discord season, and then Goose came in and, and, and turned it around, as he would. So a, a managerial change got into the players and got them away from it, so they were never really in a relegation situation. We're not in that situation now, and there's a chance they're not going to fire the manager. And I don't think we have the squad that can, can cope with what might end up being a relegation fight. That's what really worries me, JK. Um if he can't get them to react to playing better to try and get into the top four positions, 
why would he get them to react to struggle for their lives as it were if they've never been in that situation they're all on very long contracts thankfully (laughs) (laughs) maybe todd knew something after all or maybe that they're thinking oh my god i've got another eight years of this how low can i stoop but they'll be at big wages on big wages i wonder if their their um contracts have tied into them that they might go down several divisions i doubt it somehow that's not part of it. It would all just be a basic plus incentives. Mate, they, they've got incentives to win the Champions League. Champions League, absolutely. No, is, it's was, inconceivable that I'm Chelsea being, could get relegated. I was, I was being satirical, really. I know, but, I'm sorry, but, but it's no, a serious no, it's okay. matter. I know, but no, but uh, it, it's... It, it, we'll find out, won't we? We'll we find out. Well, how about, how about this? A couple of games, you know. The next, we well, we keep saying it every time. Each game is important. You think you know? it's all about Dortmund, don't you? Yeah. You, yeah, you said last week that he'll throw... Well, you said he'd throw Spurs and Leeds. I don't think he threw yeah. Spurs, but... No, I don't think he did, but I still don't think he picked the best best side. Mm, I know, but uh, I don't think he's ever managed to do that yet. But no, I, uh, I don't think he knows, he knows what it is. I don't right, think he knows what it is. Exactly, but uh, it's all about Dortmund. That's going to be... I mean, I, I'm blessed that... You know what? Because you know I don't really do midweek games anymore, but uh, as it happens, I've got a ticket for Dortmund. So... Um, you know, I were, and I think half of me wanted to go because I thought this could be my last Champions League match for a while. So, uh, so there you go. Anyway, um, if you think it's, if you think things are bad, let me just read you this from probably one of the most measured uh, and best uh, tab, uh, best uh, you know uh, newspaper football journalist there is, and a man I know well, and I know he's a Liverpool fan, but he's got he has actually. Genuinely got a soft spot for Chelsea, Henry and I, Henry Winter. This is, uh, and whenever I've spoke to Henry, as I have many, many, many times over the years, he 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 understands the kind of the psyche of Chelsea. He gets it. He he, he understands where we're coming from as supporters. He understands what the club is. He he knows his onions. Right. This is what he said. That was embarrassing from Chelsea. Players didn't seem to understand. It's a derby. Little hunger or pressing. Potter didn't seem capable of either setting the team up right or making in-game changes. No authority. Chelsea, a mess. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to read you this, which I found. I was reading a, a an article on The Athletic. I think it might have been uh, Liam's piece from last week, which I congratulated on. I've taken to reading a lot of the, the comments in uh, on The Athletic articles. They're not quite as batshit crazy as a lot of uh, a lot of these kind of comments tend to be. And I really forgive me if you're if you listen to this show and I've nicked this from you. It's it's not because I'm doing it to piss you off. It's just I forgot to name check you, and I'm very sorry. But I loved what you had to say. I thought it was brilliant. So the unknown uh, the unknown Chelsea supporter says now uh, I think new owners. Sorry, I've, I've had to kind of do something weird to the text to get it fitted in. New owners, new coaches, and management. Uh, new players it feels like the entire soul and culture of the club everything built under the past 20 years of the Abramovich era has been totally erased to a blank slate in less than a year and with the lack of winning it just feels so alienating to be a fan of the club right now what about this project are we supposed to be emotionally invested in I worry about apathy settling in more than anything else management is buying players like they're stock trading there's no passion for Chelsea from Potter or the new players. The old guard is almost gone, 
and the ones still here, or the Cobham products, are likely to be gone very soon. Winning could change all of this, of course, but right now it doesn't feel like sport being built here yet. And once that apathetic culture gets established, it's so hard to break out of. I'm not sure the new owners realise that the passion and emotion of the fans is what keeps everything going. Otherwise, the club is just going to become a profit-generating machine and nothing else. Now, I do a bit of writing myself, but I thought that that was brilliant. It was so good, I'm, I'm thinking it might have been Martin Wickham under a pseudonym, because you could have written that, Martin. I will not write anything in The Athletic. That well, is, I know that, that I know confirmed. that. It's no, hypothetical. I, it, it, it is not. It's not me, but I agree with with pretty much all of it. Um, it's yeah. It's just. I think the whole year zero approach they took with erasing everything associated with Roman Abramovich, almost like as proof that you know we're we're completely de-Romanizing the club. We're removing this stain. And it's like yes, but you've also removed the set of bollocks and a spine that was there, and what we've been left with is a limp mess. And it's very. I'm not going to say, it's, you know, I can't support him. That's not true. I'm going to be going. I can't go next week. I'm working. I'll be going to the Leicester game away in a couple of weeks' time. I'll still support the team. But they are very difficult to get behind. On the new players, I think there is, there are encouraging signs from a couple of them. But until they settle in, and quite frankly, until they are coached by someone who they believe they are, you know, they're prepared to listen to, this is what's going to happen. But I agree with the whole... You know the soul. The, the soul's gone completely, and I mean, you, many will argue yeah, it went in two thousand and three, but now it's just it's completely gone. It's a a trading device. You know, we hear more talk about sponsorships than we do about what they want to do. For I know what you've just said about earlier about things being done that you can't talk about, and they're taking certain other things a bit more seriously. But you know, if they want to turn a profit, you need to have a club that's winning stuff. And generating money as a result, because with the best will in the world, we all, you know, people talk about, oh, yeah, we'd love a season in the championship. It would be great, all the plastics to go and all that. It's not going to make. I a don't penny. know who you're referring to in that room. I, I couldn't possibly comment, but as you know, <laughs> that it'll be great for the fans who are going, but it won't turn a, it won't turn a fucking no, it won't. penny. And they'll, they'll, they're losing on their, they're losing money on their investment. Clear Lake will start asking questions, and the doom loop will continue. Yeah. I don't, like I say, I don't think we'll get relegated, but I couldn't guarantee it at the moment. The thing you were saying earlier about the Mourinho season is they were closer to the relegation zone when he did get sacked. So he didn't came in and the performances, even though there were only draws, I seem to remember we were unbeaten in 16 games and drew 12 or something. So we were 17th, weren't we, when he got we, sacked? We were, we were right in the shit. Yeah. So there was, there was a, oh shit, this we, is a I think if, if they hadn't sacked Mourinho, we would have gone down. It could, yeah, you, you are right, because it was completely broken at that point. Now, but they realised it, pulled the brakes and changed. Now they're not going to change. They're looking at the table saying 10th and they're thinking, oh, we're okay. And there's a potential they could sleepwalk into it. Well, that's the era of resignation of which we speak so much tonight. Sleepwalking into relegation. It happened in 88. God help us, it can't happen again, surely. I mean, JK, what do you think of that lovely treatise by the young man uh, who... who... Well, I think the, the young man has done very well. Right. We should elevate him as a consequence to... Uh, He's too intelligent for this show, I fear. For appearing regularly on his own show. Should All we right. set him... All right. Uh, I wanted to say that, in fact, um, 
I've noticed this this revisionism is slightly disturbing me that they're all trying to make out that um uh pe some people who are brainwashed by the whole process who will not brook any criticism of the new setup just saying it's trying to create an environment that isn't one where you buy very expensive players and hire and fire managers and I want to say yes but we won more trophies than anybody else as a consequence of doing that they say well no Tuchel had to go because he wasn't doing very well and we had a dreadful time and you just think bullshit. yeah no he, bullshit he got to two cup finals no 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 he it may have been not working some way for him but um uh but the, the arguments are that he needed to be sacked because he wasn't good enough and i'm finding that very difficult to to uh, um, tune into uh, and I'm, and it's people being brainwashed the other way you know into um, into believing that the the new owners are the best thing that's ever happened to the club and they say there have to be several seasons where we just have to um, uh, what's the American expression um, suck it up Ooh, and uh. yes Mrs who uh, yeah, and, just, and just accept that fact and I, I don't want to do that I'm sorry Martin yeah. payroll payroll yeah these fuckers are either angling to get on you know as some influencer super fan and make make monetize their bullshit opinions they also clearly don't have the idea of relegation and promotion in a football league because <laughs> you can tank a season in the nfl when you get the first round draft pick great and you can rebuild from there there's no draft in the premier league you get finished bottom you go down you tank a season you go down and you get relegated. There's no, oh, we can get these top players. We can get we get first pick on the you know the free eight. None of that shit. So this whole thing of sucking it up that's complete cobblers. Because man, you have proven if you put a man in a manager in place with authority, give him the the free reign to do the job that's needed. You know they're not the finished article, but they've just won a fucking trophy. Yeah. Ten Hag's only been there five games more than Potter, and he's a good manager. Exactly. Exactly that. I mean, I think I think it's a very, very good point. You know, what you say there. I mean, tanking the season's just not going to work. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I mentioned evolution rather than revolution, and I remember when they came in. And as I said, look, I'm, I'm not conflicted in any way here. And you'll you'll never. I promise you, you will never hear anybody on this show, me in particular. You know, uh, well, in, in, I, instead of sucking it up, sucking them off, frankly. Uh, in order to uh, gain any access or platitudes or favour. I don't care. I say it how I feel it, and I always have done, and I always will do, and I don't care what, what, what wrath that incurs. And believe you me, in the 15 years we've been doing this show, I've had a fair amount of wrath from the football club. Okay, some of it deserved, but I have. Um, but uh, the point is, I mentioned evolution rather than revolution, and my feeling when they came in was that this is perfect, We've now got people who are prepared to spend even more money than Roman was spending, take a different approach, which, you know, we agreed that had to be taken in some respects because, you know, we did win a lot of trophies, but it was chaotic and it's not like we didn't moan about it because we did. But the point was is that, you know, if you compare, you know, Chelsea Football Club the day Roman was marched out of it by the government to when he took it over, he took us from a a nearly team, a cup-winning team, but a team that had no chance of winning the league or the Champions League, into a team that had won the Premier League five five times and the Champions League twice. 
and had established us, absolutely established. I was saying to the boys, I think, before we went on air, absolutely bona fide, one of the top, easily one of the top 10 clubs in the world on any on any metric you you wish to look at. So in other words, what we had was a really, really, really superb foundation, you know, a winning mentality, huge amounts of success, some really good players, a great academy that was producing great academy players too. There wasn't an awful lot that needed to be done to take that on, in my view, if you evolved it. Ripping it up and starting again, I don't think was really necessary. And it's, it, you know, as I said, there is no such thing as a peaceful revolution, a bloodless revolution. It's always messy, nasty, painful, and it takes years to rebuild after that. And the thing about football in this country is you can't afford to do that. Look at Liverpool. They spent, th- they fucked up big time in the late 80s, and it took them 30 years to win the league again. Man United. Um, similarly fucked up big time and it took them 28 years to win the league again if you if you fuck up big time in in the english football uh, uh kind of uh, uh, uh environment you can be out of the picture for a long time arsenal i mean in the modern times look at them i mean martin you're, you're good at this kind of stuff how many how many years that's well it's easy to know isn't well, it well it's Two, the invincible season yeah 2004 isn't it yeah and it's only now they're coming back yeah we only now league. Yeah, we're, we're six years in and the fuck-up has only just happened. So, I mean, you know, if they get this badly wrong, really badly wrong, we could be out of the game for 10, 15 years. That's what I'm saying. This is it's why gener- we're... It's a generation of fans yeah. who will be locked out of the success. We're I think that's good. They, they, they need to suffer like me and JK did all those years ago. I've all suffered more than you. All you... one hundred fifty, all one hundred fifty thousand of you at Rotherham away. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I mean, the reality is, I never really had to suffer too much, as I was saying to Kelvin on Twitter the other day, because I, I, I mean, I, I, I liked Chelsea, supported them, but I, I didn't really go until I moved up here in the mid '80s. So basically, I'm just a glory hunter on the back of the '83, '84 side. I was never, I was never going in '81, '80, '81 when it was, or '79, '80, '81 when it was really awful. And thanks to the fact that we didn't have global and and wall-to-wall coverage of football on the TV, I was spared most of that. Um, I mean, I I really started going more regularly in '88, '87, '88, but I was popping along a little bit in '84, '85, '86, and it was all great. And I mean, actually, as I said to Kelvin, although we got uh, we we were in Division Two in eighty <clears throat> in eighty eight, eighty nine, um, I enjoyed it because it was just great fun. I didn't really care that we were playing in Division Two, but that's a different story. It's all pretty. We're jumpy at the moment, J.K., aren't we? That's I don't. I mean, we say we're resigned, but we're jumpy too, aren't we? It's expectations, isn't it, Chich? If you've you know, if you're used to being in Division Two, going up into Division One becomes oh, great, fantastic, wow, we got promoted. But when you've you know been winning trophies and been watching wonderful wonderful teams and wonderful managers, to start going backwards is just dismal. Yeah, and that's the problem. They think we have to go backwards to go forwards. We think that you could have gone forwards gradually, and yes. not and avoided going backwards. I think that's yes. a pretty a yes. pretty pertinent way to end. Well, one, one of the key man- managerial frameworks you see bandied around. One of the key principles is you start where you are. Mm. And go, and you incrementally improve, and they've not done that. Indeed, a good note, or well, not a good note, a pretty depressing note, really, to end tonight's show on. But uh, before we do, um, I can tell you that if you uh, want to have a good read about what's going on by some pretty level-headed people, uh, then you need to get yourself a copy of everyone's favourite fanzine, preferably in person on a match day opposite Fulham Broadway. 
Um, they, I, well, I wrote one, I wrote my piece on Friday, so I suspect it'll be ready for the Leeds game. So check it out then. Uh, if you can't get to the matches, no worries. You can always subscribe to CFC UK by doing the following. You email fanzine at cfcuk.net and you will get a hard copy sent in the post to you uh, for a season subscription. It's 18 quid for the UK, 40 quid for Europe, 56 quid for the rest of the world. Uh, alternatively, you can get a PDF version emailed to you. Uh, and a digital copy will cost you six year six quid for a year's subscription and or a pound each and you can pay via paypal and uh, talking of fanzines our very own uh dean mears has got a fanzine on the chelsea women's team which is brilliant uh and it's a compliment to his excellent went to mo king's meadow podcast which i hope you all listen to because he does a fine job on that uh he will sell you physical copies uh for two quid at the ground um or send them to you uh two quid plus postage and packing uh, or you can get it as a pdf for a quid and you need to go to kingsmeadowchronicle.bigcartel.com right that is all we've got time for tonight jk and i will be back on friday with the absolutely lovely housewife's choice clayton beerman for the preview show looking ahead to saturday's match against leeds uh and before we do that quick shout out for uh patreon if you like what we do you can become a chelsea fancast patron and it helps us to cover the costs of running the show blah 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 you've heard it all before bottom line is if you don't think we're a bunch of wankers and you like what we do you can say thank you by lobbing us a little bit of money every month but you don't have to you really don't i love you equally uh, either way if you do uh then uh you know you go to patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast and uh i will send you if you want one a a mini or a Kerry I always say mini Kerry Dixon banner what I mean is a a Kerry Dixon banner which is small not a mini Kerry Dixon not quite sure but one of those bobblehead ones maybe we should do some bobblehead Kerry's what do you reckon it'd be like those old Corinthian figures you used to get in the yeah. 90s you yeah. could do one you could do, they've obviously discontinued them but I mean you'd do a great line especially in that 83-84 kit mm. of Kerry Dixon Pat Nevin and several other players no well, doubt you know my, my thing with that though was that you, you get the same face and same features on a manchester city player it it, it didn't seem to uh, you'd look for individuals and you'd think no they've just got a kind of generic head oh yeah the, the it's it is close best endeavors it's not, yeah, it's not yeah, perfect but yeah. yeah i'm sure i'm sure they're looking for um you know themes for what's coming up in the spring and summer with regards to come along and sing this song so if anyone was able to commission the people who made the corinthian figures well there we go to, I, I to think... do though to do a, an, an exclusive 83 84 line yeah would go down a great i don't think we should do it and by the way i'm actually planning to do some merch at the moment i've got an idea for a t-shirt richard shall has done a brilliant um cartoon of me and jk which jk's seen and like not a cartoon but like a a cartooned version of us if you see what i mean I'm thinking of getting that on a T-shirt, not not me. Just like get J.K. on the T-shirt with the with the immortal line. It's just not working for me. I'd love that. I can't afford his image rights though, but uh, I don't Perfect. know. I'll do Perfect. a special deal. Do a special deal with you. But I think a, a J.K. Chelsea fan by legend or something like that. But I am I'll I'm, you for that one though. Don't touch it. What? Well, no, you are a Chelsea fan by legend. I'm a Chelsea fan cast legend. Oh, you? yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. So, um, oh, yeah. I'm just a leg end. You're just a leg end. Yeah, we're, we're, well, we are thinking to do some merch. I've got some ideas, some mugs and some T-shirts and some badges, 
We don't need no stinking badges. Well, maybe you do. Uh, anyway, yes, a Kerry Dixon mini banner will go to you if you want one, if you sign up on Patreon. And of course, you also get included immediately in our Discord group, uh, which is brilliant because there's some great people in there, many of whom uh, frequent Mixler on a Monday and a Friday. So it's like 24-7 Mixler. It is really good. I enjoy going in there on a match day if I'm not actually at the match. So there you go. Now, finally, 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 uh, if you want your email uh, uh, or uh, or Patreon message or Instagram post or tweet or Facebook message read out on the show, then you need to email them or just post them, as I said, to chelseafancast at gmail.com. The way it's going at the moment, we're getting so many emails that we we just don't have time to, uh, to put them on a Monday show. So JK and I are doing a, a special in-off-the-post show. Guess what, JK? We're not doing it anymore. No, no, no. no. We we we've got loads of emails again this week, which is why they're not in tonight's show. We're going to do another one then. So, what what is your favourite and uh, preferred day for doing, uh, e- you know, evening for doing an in off the post this week? Uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, done. Although it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mind fuck of a day for Wednesday. me. Wednesday. Could we do Wednesday? Yes. Yeah, I could probably get home just about in time for half eight. Okay. All right, done. Because Thursday, I'm probably going to be doing the preview show stuff, and I just have I have like loads of clients all day on a. I have eight clients on a Tuesday, and I'm basically a zombie by the end of it. Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday is lovely. Eight thirty. There we go. We'll do an in off the post for this week. We've got some great emails in us. Always the, the worst Chelsea play the more emails we get i can't think why but there you go right we're done we're out of here martin as always you've been absolutely stupendous mate lovely to see you it's about time i saw you for a beverage as well yeah i'd like to um next home game we'll get into uh dortmund and then everton so try and have a few have a few then and um hopefully the results will have picked up we, we live in hope rather than expectation but it's all we can carry so Let's hope we beat Leeds. Absolutely right. Leeds fucking beat Leeds. Leeds beat Leeds. <laughs> no, you're not at the Canners gig because you're going to the Conti Cup. I'm, I thought. I'm no, I'm working, mate. I'm working. missing both. I'm working, so I'm missing both. So by some I knock off work, I'll just be sidling off to switch the telly on and watch the Conti Cup. So, you know, hopefully beat Arsenal in that. That'd be yeah, nice. And no. Good luck. And hopefully everyone who goes to both that game and the Canners gig have great days i'm sure they will martin i'll see you soon mate looks like dortmund i'll see you and i look forward yep. to that uh and uh, jk um brilliant as always my friend and uh i will look forward to reading out lots of emails with you on wednesday night i'll be there lovely stuff well done brilliant thank you for listening see you friday well actually well wednesday really i suppose but definitely friday until then keep it blue keep it carefree keep it chills the Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason.
Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.